Let's return to Weinberg on the Law on TalkZone.com. Once again, here's your host, Attorney Scott Weinberg. Welcome back to the show. We were just talking with Assistant Prosecutor Laura Weingard in the Criminal Sexual Conduct Unit. You know, the things she was talking about, I mean, they're so important for us to know. I get I get asked this question all the time because I used to be a criminal sexual conduct prosecutor, and I've also represented people for almost 20 years that have been charged with these crimes. And I get asked that question all the time. How old can my kid be in order to have any kind of sexual contact? And unfortunately for our teens, it's under the age of 16. And what Laura was talking about, which quite frankly it is really true, these prosecutors' office are prosecuting kids that are just like that, 18 years old, having sex with like a 14-year-old. And whether you think it's right or not, you could have a a freshman in high school with a a uh, senior boyfriend, and they could prosecute him. Now, it happens many different ways, too. I mean, obviously, it happens a 25-year-old having sex with a 13-year-old. I mean, so there's so many inappropriate decisions that older guys make, even older meaning over 18, with teenage kids. But the one thing that we need to know is mistake of age is not a defense. So even if this kid, whether it's a boy or girl, under the age of 16, lies and says, no, I'm 16 and has some type of sexual contact, it is not a defense, and they still prosecute that offender. So it doesn't have to be like in uh, in Nevada. We had this man convicted of rape and strangling a college student. It, it's not just the way they prosecute. Most cases are not like that. Most cases are situations where it's a boyfriend, girlfriend, or if it's a someone that they meet in a bar, they, they go to a party, and it is a, it, I'm talking about statutory rape. It's a question of are they under the law able to give consent? That is what they're talking about in terms of statutory rape, not these otherwise violent crimes. So we really have to educate our kids to know that, hey, you want to take that chance, it could be on your record for the rest of your life. I want to get to some of the other news that we were talking about earlier today and this just sad case in Macomb County in court where the drunk driver and the family speak out where this drunk driver, Francis Dingle, was sentenced to 22 and a half years to 25 years in prison for second-degree murder charges in the hearing that, quite frankly, brought everybody, including the judge, to tears and without going through all the names of the of the victims in this case, it's so sad when you have anybody die, but definitely when you have these four teens die that uh, that happened last last fall with an impact or last spring with an impact of a car at a uh, Macomb Mall, and all these kids got killed. You know, I represented that uh, I've represented people that have been involved in their first drunk driving before that uh, someone was killed, and the main thing there are are these people charged with OWI? operating while intoxicated, causing death, which is a 15-year felony, or are they going to be charged with second-degree murder? And that is the difference on how much time they're going to get. In the situation regarding this Macomb, um, this Macomb woman, Dingle 48, pled no contest to four counts of murder as well as four counts of drunk driving causing the death, and she received all that time. You know, even though her blood alcohol level level was double the legal limit, it doesn't, it, when you lose a child, it doesn't matter how high 
as long as it's at or over the legal limit of the defendant, you're devastated. Your life is destroyed. And, you know, that's one of the things that uh, any defendant can't come up with any statement. I've represented thousands of defendants that at sentencing tried to explain <clears throat> what's going on with what they were thinking and how sorry they are. And it never makes a difference, quite frankly, with the victims. This defendant said, I've searched the depths of my soul, but there's no way I can express how sorry I am. And she couldn't finish even reading her own statement. So when you have these kind of tragic situations, all you can do is you can just thank, thank God that when you have a drunk driving, all you can do as a defendant, if you've ever been charged with drunk driving, is you sit there and say, that's all I'm charged with. I didn't kill anybody. And not even just myself. I didn't kill anybody in that wasn't in my car. And sometimes that is about the only solace you can come up with that makes it seem like, well, at least I can defend myself from the drunk driving, but no matter what happens on it, I did not take anybody else's life. Because it doesn't matter if you've had one drunk, this is your first drunk driving, or your fifth, a death occurs in either situation on the issue, on the, um, the car moving and getting into a crash. The car doesn't care if it's your second or third violation. In other news, a teacher caught in this lewd act at the uh, party out in a couple, a, a little while ago out in uh, St. Clair County. Did you read about this? That they had a Michigan public school teacher that they discovered can't be fired for private behavior that happens outside the school. Basically, the teacher was making some type of lewd and they would say lascivious conduct by doing some type of pretend sex act, but she wasn't in the school. She wasn't doing it for the kids, but someone took a movie of it. Someone took a picture. They posted it on YouTube, and all of a sudden now she they fired her. But you know what happened? They appealed the decision and they basically said, no, we're not going to get rid of her. We're going to keep her because she didn't do anything that she knew was going to be used and online that she uh, depicted herself and submitted to be able to be used. And that's the question. We're going to talk about that next time on the show next week. Should we hold teachers the same kind of uh, their conduct to the same standard that we would hold public officials? Because we hold public officials, no question about it, to a higher standard. Hey, whether it's Kwame Kilpatrick sitting up there in Jackson in quarantine right now, whether it's President Clinton lying years ago in Washington, or whether it's uh, Elliot Spitzer in New York, we hold our public officials to a higher standard. Should we do that with our teachers? We'll talk about that next week. And we're also going to talk about our Second Amendment rights. Who is it by the, that the government can take our rights away to own guns? Should we be able to own any kind of weapon under the Second Amendment? So we're going to go through that with our Bill of Rights, and we're going to say, is President Obama curtailing our rights to have CCWs, and should we start going out there and trying to apply it? If you want to go online this week and talk to us about it, go on WeinbergOnTheLaw.com. We've got all the different interviews. You can listen to everything again and also uh, blog and, and give us your comments on it. We'll be protecting your rights every week here on Weinberg on the Law. This is Scott Weinberg. Come back and join us next week.